0: Hello, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher.
1: Hi, this is Desi Jedekin.
0: Hey, Desi. What's up? Are you excited? Because I'm excited.
1: I am pretty excited. Um, Should we start off by thanking our
0: lovely patrons? We absolutely should. Our Patreon supporters help support the show. And in return for your... Subscription, we provide you with additional content, ad-free episodes. There's like over 300 episodes at your disposal on Patreon that are never before heard. Yeah. You get access to
1: the after show. We do bonus episodes. You also get access to the Discord, which is very fun. And... Yeah, like Rachel said,
0: ad-free episodes. And I Hawaii. might overshare in the Discord, because I have overshared there before, <laughs> probably.
1: Um, yeah, we post about food. We post about our little TV watching stuff. Lots of different categories there.
0: Anyway, we, we kind of have like a backlog of patrons.
1: <laughs> We're going to get through for, them.
0: For multiple reasons. So we will, we will get to you. We yes. promise. But we thank you. Patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. We have Stephanie, Hamish, Crystal, Catherine, Anne, Julia, Diana, Lynn, Louise, Lindsay, Jason, Chrissy, Chloe, Tom, Captain of the Mermaids. Wow. (laughs) Suzanne, Marie, Danielle, Asa, Sam, Sam. And Bailey, thank you all so much. I'm glad we got to Crystal. I know because she was very um, concerned. We might
1: have missed her. Sorry, Crystal. We do have a backlog, so that's why you were missed. It was we just didn't get to you yet, but uh, i was I was like, I made sure to star her. I was like, we gotta get to Crystal. I know just in I,
0: case we accidentally deleted it or something. Well, I felt bad just because usually we like do it. <laughs> That week, but we just have this like backlog for yes. whatever reason. So we're back
1: with part two of Joan Collins. Like last episode, I used as sources her two memoirs, Past and Perfect, and Behind the Shoulder Pads. Plus uh, this week I am adding a biography. It's called The biogra- um, it's called Biography of an Icon by Graham Lord. And it, that's a good book. Cool. Um, so where we left off. Joan is struggling financially. Has she, she hasn't been working as much. Her husband is also not really working, and he's struggling with a secret cocaine addiction at the time. we don't. He, Joan doesn't know about it yet, but that's what's going on with him. And if you recall last episode, they're also dealing with the aftermath and recovery of their daughter, Katie, who was seriously injured after being hit by a car. Joan then gets a phone call that although she doesn't know it yet, will change her life. That is a call from Aaron Spelling, who wants Joan to join the cast of his nighttime soap opera, Dynasty. Now, Joan is apprehensive about moving back to LA, but she meets with Aaron anyway about the role. She ends up taking it, and this too is sort of um, at a financial cost because she is contracted to be in a play at the time, and she's going to need to bail on it to take the role. And they're threatening legal action because <gasps> they're like, we're going to sue you. Damn. So she, she's like, it's worth the risk. The potential rewards are just too great. She does think it might just be a year she's going to be in LA, um, but it will give her career a boost and will also benefit Katie, who will have access to not only Sunshine, but the best doctors and therapists in the world. Every actress of a certain age wanted to sink their teeth into this juicy role, so Joan really couldn't resist the fact that Aaron wanted her above um, even Raquel Welch. (gasps) She wanted the role. Um, Actually, when Joan was on the fence about it, it was offered to Sophia Loren and she turned it down, so it truly was meant to be. In August of 1981, she arrived on the set for the first time to film the iconic courtroom scene. Now, this is a cliffhanger um, episode. Um, at the previous episode, um, we're at Blake Harrington's uh, manslaughter trial. He is on trial for accidentally killing his gay lover's, um, his gay son's lover, who he had issues with. So it's really sus. And at the end of this uh, cliffhanger episode, a, a star witness walks in. She is wearing a black and white. Suit. She has a huge hat on with a veil and dark black sunglasses. In the original shoot, it's an anonymous actress wearing this outfit um, because they didn't they hadn't cast her yet. This oh, is Alexis wow. Carrington, Blake Carrington's ex-wife. So it's basically just filmed with a rando, and now Joan is filming that same scene but with the reveal. So her first dance set, she says everyone is very welcoming, even Linda Evans, who plays um, Blake Carrington's new wife, Crystal. She tells Joan everyone is rooting for her, and that's probably true because the show really needed a kick in the ass to take it to the next level. Joan thought entering a courtroom in sunglasses was tacky. I think it's iconic <laughs> to enter a courtroom like it's a movie premiere. <laughs> yeah. So the scene is insanely good. I did watch Dynasty like ten years ago, like on Netflix when you used to get the DVDs. I was like, I'm gonna watch Dynasty, and it is really good. I have to. I should finish it. I want to watch it. Maybe that should be our show after Melrose Place. Really, it's so the first few seasons. I remember thinking like they could never do this nowadays because it is outrageous sometimes, like what they do and. Just when I was reading a lot about the show this week, obviously, I was like, oh my God, I didn't get to this part yet. This sounds
0: incredible. No, my friend Keith has a dog named Sammy Joe. Oh my God. Yeah. I didn't get to um, Heather Locklear going on. Oh,
1: wow. So, I mean, and she does marry the gay son, who it turns out isn't gay. Like at some point they switch it, Um, but that's who she marries, Stephen Carrington, Um, And she's really trashy on the show. So I would love to see that. So um, this scene is really good. Uh, Alexis goes on the stand. She's like, talks about, you know, obviously this is the 80s. So she's like, I'm living in Acapulco.
0: Yeah, dude. (laughs) Acapulco. Acapulco was like such a hot vacation destination. Yeah, the posters. Do you remember, Do like it. the yes. travel posters yes. for Acapulco, and then in the '90s, it was all about Cabo. Totally. So she, you know, basically drags her ex Wait. on the stand. Wait, what? <laughs> sorry, the '90s was Cancun. The early 2000s was Cabo. Yeah, I'm sorry. Cancun. I'm sorry.
1: It's, it's funny how there's like a trendy Mexican vacation spot.
0: Yeah, like per decade tulum cellulita
1: yes that's the new one that's where all the the reality show people
0: tulum yeah they always go to tulum um
1: so yes, she talks about living in acapulco um and she basically drags her ex on the stand a new tv villain is born and people immediately are like this is the new jr like yeah. They're stoked for her and she's back on the A list basically. I mean, she kills this role. It's crazy. So, obviously her fan base um increases after the season finale, which is another cliffhanger in which she films a sex scene with her fiance, Blake Harrington's rival Cec- Cecil Colby. Uh, He has a heart attack while they're fucking. His sex moans literally turn to heart attack moans during the scene. And then she slaps the shit out of him while he's having a heart attack. (gasps) And it says, don't you die before we get married because she wants to (laughs) inherit his billions. Uh, So, and he had promised that he was going to help her get back at Blake. So obviously it's a riveting moment. It is a cliffhanger for the ages. Even the cast were in the dark about whether or not he would survive, uh, spoiler alert, he does survive long enough to marry Alexis, but then he literally dies of a heart attack. She marries him in the hospital room and then he dies of a heart attack moments after they finished getting married and she becomes the richest woman in Colorado. So plenty of money to ruin Blake.
0: Wait, this show takes place in Colorado?
1: Yes. Cause it's like, I think Denver. I don't, I guess it's oil, but, or something. What's the industry in Colorado?
0: Ski resorts? No.
1: I think they might have oil too.
0: I don't know, Debbie. I have but no I, idea. My mind is blown right now. Why did I think this <laughs> took place in like Florida?
1: No, it takes place in like Colorado. Um, so I don't think it really plays a huge role. It's not it's like not the like, second character. No, it's not the second character, but uh, yeah. So her career just keeps getting hotter, eventually leading to her first ever award a Golden Globe for Best Actress in a TV Drama. She thanks Sophia Loren for turning down the part in her accept- acceptance speech. That's cute. <laughs> Joan Starts Getting offered more work, including the dual role of Stepmother and Wicked Witch in the iconic Hansel and Gretel episode of Tale Theater. Desi. Yes.
0: This was my first introduction to Joan Collins. Oh, really? I was obsessed with fairy tale theater. Yeah, I had the cassette. I had the entire cassette collection or the VHS VHS collection. It's so good, and I watched them obsessively as a child. And my favorite episode was the Hansel and Gretel with Joan Collins as she. She is insane in this role. Yeah, it is an insane part. When she's the stepmother, she's so evil, and she's like, oh.
1: oh yeah like just moaning she's high camp i mean as an actress like she nails it Ugh. um if you don't know the show it is hosted by hello i'm shelly Duval. yeah so that's like how she intros each episode of fairy tale theater um it's a great show i i wonder if that's streaming i would love it's to rewatch it
0: Okay. It's on Hulu, but it's every single big actor of the day. Oh, yeah. They got big names. Robin Williams. Yes. Helen, not Helen Hunt, Ellen Barkin. (laughs) Yes. Ellen Barkin was on, was the princess who never laughed. Oh, my God. Mick Jagger plays the Nightingale. I love the Mick Jagger one. It is... So good. Jeff Goldblum plays the Big Bad Wolf. Yes. It's really good. It's so good.
1: So unfortunately, her personal life became a soap opera to rival Dynasty. As her and Ron, they started really falling apart and he started throwing her under the bus in the press. Ron was giving interviews to the tabloids, basically saying Joan was not acting in Dynasty. She really was a bitch on wheels in <gasps> real life, too.
0: This is what her husband's saying? Yeah,
1: they're not they're separated, but not technically divorced yet. When Joan retaliated, the headlines would scream things like, The bitch bites back, and even more sordid, the bitch's husband is a secret junkie. <laughs> like and Ron bled the bitch
0: dry. Those Wait are the headlines. Minute. So she's not only this iconic bitch on TV, but she's being painted in the press as like, she's actually just like her character. Yes. But they're calling her the bitch, obviously because of um,
1: that movie she did called the bitch. Right. Remember she was upset about it because it's like Joan Collins is the bitch, but she was right in a way because everyone just started calling her the bitch in these things and getting away with it. Now um, the mudslingly mudslinging, um, vulgar couple according to the British press was non-stop juicy fodder the Daily Mirrors Anne Robinson broke down the scandal in great detail in an article titled Joan Collins and the Soap Opera that Won't Wash she was called the bitch so many times in headlines headlines that she actually sent cease and desist letters to the tabloids to stop only the son agreed after consulting their readers via poll they're oh like my should God. we stop calling her the bitch <laughs> um on season three, the cast went to a charity event, the Carousel Ball in Denver, and Joan was seated next to Henry Kissinger. Rest Gee. and piss. <laughs> Rest in <and> piss. <laughs> Just to bolster Alexis Carrington's villainous bona fides, he was cast in a walk-on part as himself on Dynasty. What? With Alexis. They had a little, they were showed up to an event together and they were like, oh, hello, Henry. Hello, Alexis. And she improvised improvised a line that um, said we haven't seen each other since Port- portofino wasn't that fun she liked it, and everyone lost it on the set so that's like how villainous she is as a character she's friends with henry kissinger amazing so this probably solidified her villain status even more than the time she shot a gun into the air while a pregnant crystal was horseback riding causing her to fall and miscarry <gasps> this is the level of dynasty nothing is off limits there Joan really knew um, she had become a pop culture icon when she landed a Playboy layout, something that she considered a significant step forward for feminism um, because she was 50 at the time. That was like ancient back then, you know? Right. Uh, So the issue sold out, became a collector's item. And she was nude in it, by the way. This was not just lingerie. Like, I don't think there was any... Full bush pussy shots, but her tits were out, and she's lounging about. And Good like, for her. yeah, I looked it up, but then got a lot of vi- virus warnings on the website. <laughs> I was on, and I panicked, and I just like went away. So I didn't look at all the pictures, but I, I was kind of curious if it was like a full nude, or was it just like sometimes they do those shoots where it's kind of just a sexy shoot, right? But no, she like went all out, which I thought was great. Great. Now. Alexis does get a new love interest on the show. He is played by um, actor Michael Nader. Nader. His character's name is Dex, and they got along well. Their chemistry was like off the charts. But Michael was for sure a troubled man. He was addicted to drugs and alcohol, something that he would struggle with his whole life. And it caused a lot of issues on set between him and Joan. Probably the thing that really sort of. Killed their relationship was one time he overheard, uh, she overheard him saying that Joan preferred to quaff champagne and guzzle caviar in her dressing room while the real actors did all the work. <gasps> and so they were not friends, but it kind of added to their um chemistry. Yeah. He's a really interesting guy. And I feel like we could, I don't think he's enough for a full episode, but I was like, we should do like a soap opera. Scandal type episode because there's so many actors and especially like daytime soaps yeah. would be kind of interesting. I just want to comment a bit on him because I'm going to take a little detour. He was tabloid fodder because he had all these addiction um, issues, and then he would have incidents related to his addiction where he would get arrested. One of them led to him being very publicly fired from All My Children, like this is more in the 90s. And I watched All My Children at the time. So this was like a huge scandal when he got fired from that show. Um, He did finally get sober and was a devoted AA member. This is something he publicly talked about. And he was very dedicated to helping younger people who struggled with addiction. Now, Although he denied this when he was alive, after he died in 2021, his daughter confirmed a longstanding rumor that he had been diagnosed as HIV positive in the early 80s and was one of the longest surviving persons with the virus ever, which I thought was very uh, interesting because Dynasty had another very famous cast member that was HIV po- positive and it led to this huge like, international event. That was Rock Hudson. This was a huge story when it happens because this revelation happened during his stint on the show and brought up this debate that would begin the education of the public as far as how HIV is spread and that you can be around people who have HIV or HIV positive and you don't have to treat them like this a virus is they're walking contagions like right. it led to this huge public debate. And this incident was also widely thought of as putting a face on the virus. It wasn't just anonymous people you could ignore. This was like a famous person who had it. Uh, and it did a lot of good, ultimately, even though obviously it sucks that he got exposed that way and had to come out with it. But after he made his announcement, more than $1.8 million in private contributions, which d- were more than doubled what had been a co- collected the year before, had been raised for AIDS research. Congress set aside $221 million to do, to help, you know, develop a cure for AIDS. And this is when a lot of those groups sort of were made, like AMFAR, um, the Foundation for AIDS Research, uh, Elizabeth Taylor, who was close friends with Rock Hudson, she was also involved in helping these. So uh, it did a lot of good. Now his revelation did not immediately dispel the stigma of AIDS. Um, I also wanted to take this opportunity to say that... <laughs> Because I always like to take an opportunity to dunk on Ronald Reagan and Nancy. Yeah, they were close friends of Rock Hudson, and they made no public statement concerning his condition. Uh, they did phone him while he was dying in a Paris hospital, where he in July of 1985, and released like a lame ass condolence statement after his death. But the Reagans famously did nothing right. to help this crisis, even after their friend died of the dis- disease or uh, virus. So. I just wanted to mention that um, we should do a Rock Hudson episode at some point. But Absolutely. this whole period was just so... How it all went down is very interesting to me. Anyway, the relationship between Dex and Alexis was longstanding until he knocked up her rival, Sable. Next up for Joan was a made-for-television movie called Making of a Male Model, which I have to see because that sounds amazing. This co-starred rising star John Eric Hexham. Now, it <gasps> wasn't long before those two were fucking... He was 14 years younger than Joan. So I'm sorry, it was actually 24 years younger.
0: He was 24 years younger. She
1: was 52, I think, and he was 26. Nice. So she starts dating much younger men at this point. Um, So this was never a serious relationship, but they fucked for almost a year. Joan eventually leaves him for a new man. And shortly after this, Hexum dies in one of the most infamous Hollywood deaths. So I just want to touch on this again because it's so... It's a thing that probably will never be a full show. So I'll take this opportunity. He's filming a show called cover up and he's required to load a handgun for a scene. He's given a functional gun with blanks. When there is a delay in filming, he begins playing around with the gun to lighten the mood. He had unloaded all but one blank round, spun it and simulated Russian roulette. He put the revolver to his right temple, pulled the trigger and was unaware of the danger of even a blank going off on your head. So this basically caused a blunt force trauma that fractured a quarter-sized piece of his skull, propelled it into his brain, and caused (gasps) massive hemorrhaging. He was rushed to to Beverly Hills Medical Center, underwent a lot of surgery, but he was technically brain dead. And I just want to comment on the fact that his mother kept him on life support in order to bring awareness of the importance of organ donation. And she donated many of his... um, you know viable organs including his kidneys his heart his cornea and some of his skin helps uh some critically burned people so she saved many lives after this horrible tragedy um happened but yeah that's like i remember hearing about that story probably like in a hollywood babylon right. or something cuz it it was like they acted like he was playing russian roulette when it was just sort of him goofing around on set anyway very sad story In her real life, I mentioned Joan had found a new love and this man she met briefly on a vacation but couldn't keep her mind off of him. Now I'm going to take a break here because this story is super juicy and we'll get to it when we come back. Nice.
0: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side?
1: Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings with big cash back at hundreds of stores. Don't miss headliners like Canon, Fenty Beauty, and Dyson. I can't wait to shop for all of my summer fashion and beauty needs, and we'll definitely be checking out Ulta and Adidas. on top of Big Give Week cashback rates. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Rakuten is the shopping platform to save while shopping. Joan first met singer Peter Holm during a heat wave in the summer of 1983. She was lounging by the swimming pool with mutual friends. He was 36, so 14 years younger than her, and she was immediately into this tall, blue-eyed uh, Swedish charmer. She asked him to escort her to the um, film premiere of Superman Three in London, and then he visited her at her home in Los Angeles. They soon became lovers, and in September of 1984... Um, I'm sorry, 1983 he moved in with her. He was reportedly um really well endowed. He had a huge dick and was great at fucking. That's what everyone said. Good for her. So she's like she's living her best life. Now she obviously thought he was very charming, open and honest. They had a lot in common. But he had a murky past. As a teenager he had been a pop singer in Sweden in the late 60s with a group called The New Generation. And they had a number one hit, Two Faces Have One. But other... I'm sorry. <laughs> what does like that Something even was mean? lost in translation with that one. It's, it's very Eurovision, it's right?
0: It's so Euro.
1: But other members of the group claimed that he cheated them out of their share of the money that they had made on that single. He went solo, lived in France. He had another hit song. And he kind of sang all over Europe and Japan uh, in 1972 he and a couple of friends opened a restaurant on a Swedish holiday island that burned down mysteriously. (gasps) The police could never prove that there was arson, though, uh, so they had to kind of move on from that, but it seemed pretty clearly that there was some insurance fraud happening. In 1975, Peter Holm and 13 others were arrested and charged with the smuggling of $1 million worth of diamonds from Belgium into Sweden. Diamonds? What is this, a heist movie?
0: I... I mean... Do people do that? He's
1: so... He's like doing very European crimes. Yeah. (laughs) I just feel like you don't diamond heist in America. No, you can only diamond heist in Europe. Yes. So um, one of the fellow accused people was his girlfriend at the time, a woman named Madeline Sanderson. Um, She was actually with him when he was at the pool where he met Joan um, but he jumped bail and fled to Britain when they all got arrested, and he left her to serve six months in prison, um, and he basically never returned to Sweden or he'd be sent to jail. So he's kind of like on the lam in a way. It's in living in
0: Los Angeles
1: now. Living in UK or wherever he was in Europe, uh, just not going back to Sweden um, is also reported by Swedish police that him and that girlfriend Madeline had also been involved with running um, a call girl racket and brothel, like an illegal one. So he's committing a lot of interesting crimes. Yeah. Like he's like, I don't, I don't care.
0: This guy has a really full life.
1: Yeah. So he moves to London at some point. He gets another girlfriend, a woman who is uh, 24 years old. She's named Pauline. Uh, They have, she has a daughter that he doesn't admit is his, but is later proven to be his. They live together until the end of 1980, but they break up, um, when they break up, home basically (laughs) takes the house from her that they had shared and she had helped pay for. He cheated her out of um, the car that they owned together. So he basically screwed her over to go be with another 24-year-old named Shirley Coe. And then he left Shirley when he met Joan because he's like, now I've hit the jackpot. Oh my god! Yeah, this guy's a loser. Wait,
0: I'm sorry, but he met Joan in Los Angeles.
1: No, they. She was on vacation in Europe somewhere. Like I don't know, the oh. Maldives. I
0: have no idea. That's like, not in Europe. Where is that? The Maldives. <laughs> I, I have D- no idea. That's like off in the Indian Ocean.
1: It is. Yes. Well, I mean, in one of those oceans over there. She's um. She's like in Malta.
0: I don't know. It's like one of those European vacation places but that I feel, we would never go to. But I feel like Europeans do vacation in the Maldives. Yeah.
1: It's like one of those places. I don't know which one it was. Um, I can't remember. I do think it began with an M though. Malta. Um, Malta. It, could be. it Malta, could be Malta, Maldives, Monaco.
0: <laughs> they they rich euros. They love Monaco. Monte yes. Carlo. Monte Carlo. You know what I'm talking about? They're all M's. They're all It's very M's. confusing.
1: So, yeah, this guy's a piece of shit. Now, one of his later girlfriends, a woman named Kathy Wardlow, she will tell The son in 1988 that he confessed to her that he had never loved Joan, but had set out deliberately to marry her to get money. She claimed that he boasted that Joan had fallen for him like a silly little schoolgirl because he ravished her three or four times a day and told him that he was the best lover she had ever known, but he admitted that he fleeced her right from the start to this woman. He even said that he bugged her house and recorded all of her telephone conversations so that he can control her and her friends.
0: He did that to Joan?
1: Yes. He also told Kathy that he hated having sex with Joan because she was old and wrinkled. And <gasps> he had to think of other women while making love to her. What a dick. He was constantly unfaithful with other women. He said, Joan was like a big baby. All you had to do was flatter her and tell her she was beautiful, wonderful for her, her age.
0: <laughs> He's so awful.
1: Um, so... Joan is so besotted with this guy. She literally gives him control over all her finances no. as soon as he moves in with her. No. He becomes her manager, Um, so she
0: gets rid of all of her other advisors, no. her accountant, her lawyer, and puts this guy in charge. Haven't we seen enough Lifetime movies about this? I know. Enough um, true crime stories about this? No Documentaries. You don't ever put the younger boyfriend in charge of your finances.
1: Yes. So, and he does some good things. Like, I'm not going to say he's a good person, but he does make some good financial decisions for her because he's going to benefit from that. So he's kind of like, he does want to make her money, Um, but she obviously pays for everything and gives him like an allowance per month. Uh, and she, you know, he buys a maroon Rolls Royce, and they get the elect, they get the number plate. I'm uh, sorry, the license plate ALXXXS, which Alexis. is like Alexis, but it's also kind of triple X. When I see it, that's yeah. all I see. So um, her family and friends are obviously very worried when this relationship starts up. Um, they said we could all see that Peter was not right for her, but she wouldn't listen. She was blind to his faults that we could all see. He was just after her money. Um, so she wasn't blind to them. I feel like she was actively ignoring these things because they're so blatant in some, you know what I mean? It's not like it's subtle. He's such a gold digger. Now at some point after they, uh, start being a couple I mean, she really has no excuse because even The Sun is making these headlines about him. They post this big story in The Sun about Peter Holm that should have really been a red flag for Joan. The headline was, Joan's new love is on the run. It revealed all to the world all about the Swedish police wanting him to answer for these diamond smuggling charges. Uh, and it hits on a lot of the things I mentioned uh, a little bit earlier. And this is a huge uh, two-center page like spread in The Sun um, they even interview that ex-girlfriend, Pauline.
0: So they're just blowing up his spot. They're
1: blowing up his spot. And Joan, the girlfriend in it says, Joan Collins should be very worried. He is not the Mr. Wonderful. He seems, he always told me he wanted to snare a very rich woman. And now that he is involved with Joan Collins, it seems like he's got his wish. This un-
0: doesn't phase her. She is just learning <laughs> this information from the Sun. Yes. And, and she doesn't care? She doesn't do anything. How good is his dick?
1: Seriously. This is crazy. So the saddest result of this obsession she had with home was how it affected her daughter, Katie. Um, that's her daughter with Ron Cass, who um she's still divorced in the process of divorcing. She Wait, wait. Joan is not form officially divorced no, from Ron. No, it's taking a long time. So Katie uh, hated. Peter Holm from the start, especially when he would sort of criticize or um, be mean to her dad. Um, Every time the phone would ring, he would rush to answer it. But if it was Ron, he would just hang up and refuse to put him through to the daughter. Um, So in the spring of 1984, the divorce between Ron and Jonas finally finalized. Their marriage had lasted 12 years. um, And the stress of that was obviously really uh, terrible. It would have been Uh, Even worse, had she known Peter Holm was already having an affair with a 22-year-old woman named Suzanne Anderson, he had picked up in an L.A. computer shop. So he's just going to like like the geek squad, <laughs> like whatever that was back then and picking up women. He picked her up at a computer shop. Then he used Jones money to pay for her thousand dollar a month rent and gave her pocket money as well. So now he's trying to be like the sugar daddy. Yeah. But with Jones mother, money. Jones money. Sorry. Um, Suzanne said it was always in great wads of cash. Like Peter just kept telling me uh, he was only with Joan for the money, and as soon as
0: he had enough, he'd leave her. Can you imagine being Suzanne and your boyfriend is paying for all your shit with Joan Collins' money? Yeah. And
1: he also said to Suzanne, she's just an old lady, and I have to watch pornographic films before having sex with her to get aroused. So he's fucking dragging Joan all over the place. This guy's so rude. Now he also, Suzanne also told in an interview that her after Joan when Joan was out filming all di- filming Dynasty all day, Holmes um would take her to their house, her him and Joan's house, dress her up in Joan's clothes, and then fuck her on a desk in the home. <gasps> um because he just liked the idea that there were other people around in the house, like, you know, uh caregivers and like whatever cleaners. Um so <laughs> this book I in read In her clothes In her clothes This is so disrespectful It's very disrespectful In that Nolan Miller
0: Yeah Yeah <laughs>
1: You know Yeah She had a closet full um, The book that I The biography was very funny Because they're like This is hard to believe That he found Joan unattractive Because she was She was still stunningly sexy Uh, She was filming a movie Called The Cartier Affair And the chemistry between her And her co-star 32-year-old David Hasselhoff Oh <gasps> This is the proof. Ugh. He 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 was so hot for Joan that he refused to film a naked love scene with her, not trusting his own reactions. Is that true? I mean, that's what this book said. He's like, I just got married, and I cannot explain to my wife like how hard I'm getting for Joan Collins. I mean, look, Joan Collins is really hot. Yeah, I mean, she's super beautiful. Like, she's gorgeous, uh, and she looked, you know, great at that time too. So in December 1984, she says yes when Peter officially uh, proposes to her. He gives her a five-carat solitaire diamond engagement ring. Did he pay for it with her <laughs> I'm money? I'm guessing he did not pay for
0: because it. Because five carats, five-carat diamond, that's like $200,000. I don't know. When they later get divorced, spoiler alert,
1: she, they, the court, I guess, asked her why she accepted um, an expensive ring Uh, There was laughter in the court when she replied, how can you turn down a five-carat diamond?
0: Even if you paid
1: for it? Yeah. Joan had no idea um, that (laughs) Peter not only was fucking Suzanne, but he had another woman, a 20-year-old Italian woman named Romina... Uh, he regularly met her for sex also while Joan was on the set of Dynasty. He persuaded Romina to divorce her husband, promising <gasps> her that he would marry Romina um, after he got divorced from Joan and took all of her millions. <laughs> <But> he, <laughs> oh. And then he was like, I want you to have my baby too. So this is like the promises he's making Romina. He asked Romina to join him in Paris when him and Joan were going there um, the following year. And she declined she did believe his promises and divorced her husband and then realized he had no intention of leaving Joan. Not only that, when she declined to go to Paris, he persuaded his other girlfriend, Suzanne, to go to Paris instead and would fuck her and Joan's hotel suite while she
0: was out filming. See, none of these other women have any gay friends because (laughs) if they had gay friends, they would know not to disrespect Joan Collins like this.
1: Yeah. It's kind of weird because she's so famous. You'd think they'd be like, "Eh, I'm going to stay out of this. Like, these are brazen women. So um, a month after this Paris incident, Joan and Peter go to London for a charity dinner to mark the couturier Bruce Oldfield's 10th anniversary in the fashion business. And there they are introduced to 23-year-old Princess Diana. Diana meets her um, and tells Joan, you are very beautiful. I watch you on television all the time. Now, this begins a kind of feud between Princess Diana and Joan Collins What? that I'm going to go into. What? Joan was not very convinced by this. She said, I don't think the princess watches Dynasty. She probably watches Coronation Street, (gasps) which is kind of a more working class soap opera, I think, in the UK, right? I have no clue. I don't know. But it was a dig. So they sit at the same table and Diana later reports that she considered Joan rather patronizing to her and keen to upstage Diana. Like Joan wanted to upstage
0: her. They um sorry, this was this was Wait a um, minute. Just explain this to me. So this starts with Diana complimenting Joan or yes. saying, I watch your and then who does Joan say that to, allegedly? The coronation street? Yeah.
1: I think just a it was just in the book, like, but that it was, was reported that she said it. It's it was, not like it's in an interview or something. That's what I mean. Yeah,
0: like somebody said that she said that.
1: Yes. Um, so I think when they're trying to break down how it started, that's right. where it went back to. So um, seven months later, Joan was offended when she realized that President Reagan was hosting a dinner for Charles and Diana in Washington, and she had not been invited. So. Her dynasty co star Linda Evans had been invited, which made the stub even more humiliating. Um, and other Hollywood people like Elizabeth Taylor, uh, Robert Redford, who the royals had asked to meet. One American magazine reported that the princess had refused to ask Joan because of her pushy behavior at that <laughs> Bruce Oldfield dinner. And she um, snapped at some point during that dinner, supposedly. Just who does this woman think she is? Wow. So she takes a break from her feud with Princess Diana to marry Peter Holm officially in Las Vegas on November 6, 1985. A week later, she's back on the Princess Diana train because she's determined to meet them again during their American tour. I think it, I think this was the year they went on this big tour of America. Um, so. She took Peter to Florida to join 400 guests at a charity ball in Palm Beach, where they paid $7,000 for their two tickets to go to this. Joan shamelessly upstaged Princess Diana, according to one newspaper report at the time, wearing a dress that was cut so low she was almost falling out of the top of it. Another uh, news report accused Joan, dripping with diamonds, of trying to steal the limelight with a spectacular, gate-crashing performance. Another reporter wrote the maneuver had all the split second timing of a military operation <laughs> and the subtlety of a sledgehammer. Her first assault came as she arrived at the hotel's main entrance and a revealing figure hunging black ball gown on the dot of eight o'clock. The very moment the princess was to have gone through the same door. When the princess arrived 20 minutes later, it was clear the 52 year old actress in her own distinctive style was challenging Diana in the fashion stakes. She um, pulled her greatest stroke next when it came to the dancing. A fellow guest noted how she bumped into Charles on the dance floor. She just managed to position herself right next to him and immediately started talking.
0: Did she like graze her boobs up against yeah, him? Yes, she,
1: she bumped booties like, ooh, sorry. <laughs> and Charles enjoyed their conversation, according to witnesses, and he invited Joan to dance. Um, he told his biographer later that she was very amusing and with an unbelievable cleavage, all raised up and presented as if on a tray. I wonder was a problem. Uh, Diana. Ugh,
0: Charles is so disgusting. He's disgusting.
1: He's like, I wish she was my tampon too. Ew. Um, told of, um, Joan's marriage at this event, the princess asked her, her new husband was, was, and then she said, I suppose that's the best she can do at her age. Uh, At the end of November, (laughs) Jones, (laughs) she was continuing this uh, fight. She like switched on the 23,000 Christmas lights in Regent Street and was told to her delight that her crowd was bigger than the crowd Diana had done four years previously. Um, Two days later, she hit an even higher, uh, you know, high in her beating Diana. She went to an event with um, Lauren Bacall. They were like, at this Royal variety show at the theater Royale in Drury Lane. And they met the queen. Joan claimed afterwards that she had been so nervous that her knees had been knocking throughout the show. This led to a famous clip by Joan Rivers. She said, I didn't think she could get them that close together. <laughs> Good old Joan. Um, meanwhile, uh, after their marriage, Peter Holmes behavior changed rapidly Uh, He no longer needed to pretend to love her. He became bossy. He was critical of her. He was sneered at her looks. He made snide remarks about her age. He lost his temper. He was cold, arrogant, sulky. And Joan was upset by this, obviously. And she began accusing him of being uh, a lazy bum who (laughs) slept all day. And she was the one working all day to fucking support them. Yeah, And it's like, yeah, he always was that. Right. Nothing has changed. They started fighting more. They were doing renovations on their mansion, which also led to more fights. Um, just about everything. He, they would argue over how big the aquarium could should be. This was all comp- like all of this drama got compounded when in 1986, Ron Cass, her ex husband, was diagnosed with colon cancer and had to have an operation in Los Angeles. Joan obviously. You know whatever bitterness or you know anger they had dissolved, and she was there for him. She would visit him in the hospital um, and he only lived for seven more lo- months like this was a terminal diagnosis so uh he eventually moves into an intensive care situation. And she's paying for a lot of his sons to like fly to him and people. She's paying his medical bills. She buys, gets an apartment for him near the hospital and makes sure that he is as comfortable as possible. And Peter Holm goes berserk when he finds out that she's spending this money. He's like, don't waste our money on Ron Cass. Uh, And she, of course, is like, I'll spend my money the way I want to. So this cruel cold heartedness towards Ron finally persuaded Joan that she couldn't put up with him anymore Ron eventually dies in Los Angeles on October 7th 1986 at age 51 Joan is obviously devastated uh, and she starts sort of like selling their house that she had you know got given him in the divorce and she starts doing all of this stuff Um, and then she eventually in December serves Peter home with an inch thick pile of divorce papers she wants out Now, she did sign a prenup.
0: Oh, thank God. So that is
1: one good aspect of this. So Peter arrives home, uh, and he's greeted by a team of security men throwing out all of his expensive clothes and shoes into the back of a pickup truck. They refuse to let him in, um, even to get, like, his toothbrush. Joan goes and celebrates her freedom from Peter home with a huge party. She's the inventor of the divorce party. (laughs) Um, And in London... Uh, she telephones a property developer and says that she wants to meet some light hearted young guys who she can have some fun with when she's in london. Good, so this guy invites her to a lunch with some candidates for her. one of them is a man named Bill Wiggins <laughs> sorry, and Joan goes weak in the knees at the sight of Bill Wiggins um she is instantly smitten. Uh, this guy's nickname is bungalow bill. Um, and according to the book, the reason he's called bungalow Bill is because he had nothing much up top, but a hell of a lot down below.
0: What but is that? That doesn't I have even no make idea.
1: Sense. I don't know. Bungalow bungal. I have no idea. That's what they said. So I wrote it down. She was 54. He was 40. So once again, a, a nice younger man, uh, and she, she deserved to have a nice little fling with bungalow bill. Um, He fucked a lot of women though. So he thought Joan was like the funniest woman he had ever met. And he really was into her. um, Despite the fact that he was not exclusive with her. Meanwhile, in Los Angeles, divorce negotiations with Peter Holm are underway. He was demanding $35,000 a month living expenses, which is $60,000 in today's money. Uh, As well as this LA house. He wanted their villa in South of France and Joan was like, no, I want a million dollars from you that you stole from me. And I also want the furniture and the Christmas decorations. <laughs> she also said that she wanted the groceries from the fridge. She was like not giving him anything. Good for her. So this was a really big um, public divorce uh, like story. In fact, I remember as a kid hearing about this and being like, a man is suing a woman for <laughs> money at the divorce like I had never heard of such a thing I was like what a loser like even as a kid I was like this guy sucks like yeah why is he taking her money
0: yeah
1: um so he insisted that he's simply seeking um compensation for having transformed Joan's finances um and as I said he did do some good deals for her so this was partially true Uh, Even Joan admitted, I will say this for Peter Holm, even though I ended up paying him $180,000, that was minuscule compared with what he had done for me in the way of good deals. He had made her, um, for instance, $1.5 million on one miniseries alone. Um, So that's part of why she was like, I'm just going to give him some money to get this over with. The marriage only lasted 13 months. And Joan would say later on, call it insanity. I was obviously going through menopause or something. It was truly stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's not even that hot. Like that's the crazy thing. So she is sort of dealing with the divorce by having fun with Bill Wiggins. According to Joan, she starts drinking a lot and she gets a little bloated. She's um, obviously self-conscious about her thinning hair. That happens to a lot of women as they age. And... She starts getting upset with Bill Wiggins because he kind of uh, is turned off when she starts wearing a wig or like hair pieces to oh. kind of f- 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 her hair, fill her hair out a bit. Um, once she gets the divorce from home, she speaks of wanting to find the person who is there for her forever, a friend, a lover, the one you live with and share every everything with. That's definitely not Bill Wiggins. Um, so they eventually go their separate ways. Um, but Joan is like, Um, She's like needs a man She loves a man in her life She can't be alone No, after nine years, dynasty ends So that's another sort of sad thing And she makes a really dumb financial decision there She takes a buyout Instead of getting syndication Uh. residuals Something her attorney convinced her to do Saying soaps never go into syndication
0: Dumbass A
1: lot of the cast members did And that's how the attorney got her to go along Because he's like, you're the last holdout Everyone else is taking the buyout It's just one of those fucked up Hollywood uh, things. Um, She then begins a 13-year-long affair with a man named Robin Hurlston. He is 25 years younger than Joan. And in the 90s, she begins kind of pulling back on acting work and starting to write novels. Now, sadly, she is now Jackie Collins, her sister. Her Her novels are terrible. One of them is called Love and Desire and Hate. (laughs) I'm sorry, just by the title, I think you can tell this book sucks. Now, this book is very explicit and it has a lot of unerotic descriptions of sexual um, acts like fellatio, cunnilingus, masturbations. It has sadism, masochism, rape. It has an attempted gangbang and a castration.
0: Maybe we should read portions of this <laughs> on Patreon. I'm going
1: to read one portion for you now. And I do agree with you. That would be a great idea. Um this is a passage she wrote At last his moans were becoming faster and Inez knew it must be ending His hot breath scalded her shoulders and his saliva dripped on her face Yes yes you whore you filthy french cut cunt you disgusting <laughs> bitch this is for you he cried with a scream of satisfaction He gave her a final vicious thrust at the same time punching her in the face no. until she lost consciousness <laughs> Joan. Joan, that is not erotic at all. (laughs) Joan. (laughs) Now, in this book, she also gives, there's like sexual tips in this book as well, just written into the story. Wait. Yeah. So like one of them, she says, a limp penis may be aroused by immersion in a mouthful of ice followed by a mouthful of hot water. Ice cream can also do the trick.
0: This is like cosmopolitan magazine. Yes.
1: Most most useful of all for any girl who cares about her complexion is this piece of advice. Uh. <laughs> After making love, she should definitely massage her lover's semen into the skin of her face and neck.
0: She was a cum facial <laughs> pioneer.
1: Yeah, she really was. So, I mean, yeah, these books sound incredible to me. Um She actually eventually, so she had this like deal with Random House for these books. Um, In March of 1992, they reject Joan's novel because it was not good enough to be published. Uh, The the editor, Joni Evans at Random House said, it was very primitive, very off base. (laughs) It was jumbled and disjointed, alarming. I didn't believe it. It was dull. It was cliched. These were, um, people were like, Yeah, but so were her previous novels. Like, what was different about this one? And they really, like, they seemed desperate for this. But I think once Joan didn't have that dynasty cachet, it was, like, a hard sell for her to sell these, like, schlocky, poorly written um, books. She also faced some bad press about her her taste and style. Um, She was critical of designer Vivian Westwood (gasps) and stores like Harrods and Selfridges for selling revolting clothes. Wait, Joan was? Yes. Joan
0: criticized Vivian Westwood? I know.
1: So um, according to a Harrods spokesperson, when it comes to cheap, Joan Collins is an authority. Her remarks should be seen in the light of our decision to discontinue the sale of her jewelry, which did not sell and was regarded by our customers as vulgar. Ooh. He pointed out that Harrods had also rejected her perfume and failed to sell many copies of her books. He then added Miss Collins' taste and sense of style is obvious for all to see, and to be criticized by her is quite a compliment. Mm-hmm. Vivian Westwood also spoke out I was not aware that anyone, not even she herself, considered Joan Collins to be a pundit of good taste. So, they weren't having her bullshit. Now, um, so this this lawsuit with Random House—they basically had given Wait, her.
0: Why did they file a lawsuit?
1: Because they didn't want to pay her. That's <laughs> why they gave her an advance of two point five million dollars. I think she got a portion of it. Yeah, but the the rest was due upon completion of the books. Okay. So the only way they could get out of paying her was by claiming the books were so bad they couldn't be published. Um, and this became a lawsuit because she sued for payment. Joan and, sued and Random yes. House. She's like, you got it. I, I turned in the books. You got to pay me. She's got a point. And she continues writing two more novels during the this lawsuit. <laughs> this time she does get a co-writer to help out. Now she does eventually receive partial payment because the judge deemed that the second book was basically a rehash of the first. So he's like, it's kind of the same thing. So you really only turned in one book.
0: Did the judge read the book?
1: That's what I was like obsessing over. I was like, he read both books and like took notes. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. he had to. In 1999, she meets a man named Percy Gibson. She's performing in a production of Love Letters, and he was the theater company's manager at the time. She breaks up with her boyfriend, Robin. She (gasps) basically dumps him for Percy. Um, She was insistent at some point that she would never marry again, but that changed when she met Percy. Um, Two years after meeting, they would marry, and she wore Nolan Miller to the wedding. Of it's course. actually a very chic little lavender kind of suit. In her memoir, The World According to Joan, she said, I kissed a lot of frogs before I found my prince. For those women who are looking for a life partner, that old saying that men are like buses, and if you wait, a lo- around, wait long enough, the right one will come along is very true. In 2015, they talked about their marriage to Hello!, And explained how happy they are. Is that how you say it? Because it has an exclamation.
0: That's how I say it.
1: It is her. She said, it's my fifth marriage and my happiest. Percy is wonderful. He's my soulmate. And Percy added um, in the interview, people are entitled to their opinion, but it's good to prove them wrong. I've certainly never been happier. And I hope that I make Joan happy because she definitely deserves it. She's 32 years older than him. When they married, she was 70 and he was in his 30s. Ugh. isn't that incredible? That's so I love great. that they keep getting younger. I love this for Joan. <laughs> I do too. And they're still happily married. Ugh,
0: I love this. Yeah. So
1: Joan said in her memoir, in, in her like one of her memoirs, I think behind the shoulder pads, that she still wears him out sexually. Good for her. And she's her. 90. So, I mean, I love it.
0: Look, I've seen pictures of Joan at 90. She looks great. She does. In
1: 2015, she was made a dame. She's a dame. That's
0: right. She's Dame Joan Collins. To honor
1: her charity work. And one last important detail, a guest at her wedding was Christopher Biggins Coming.
0: Stop it. <laughs> yes.
1: You're joking. I'm not joking. When I saw the guest list, I screamed when I saw his name. I was like, Christopher Biggins coming!" <laughs> now, obviously, this is a, an, a show joke you might not know. But I had accidentally called Christopher Biggins. Christopher Biggins coming
0: because she mushed together (laughs) the sentence in the article she was reading. Yes, but that's his name forever. That's his new name, and I I died. I was like our British our British (laughs) listeners. They really
1: appreciate. What was that that in? Oh, the what was her name? Janice Dickinson episode. I think was that what that was? Yeah, because she was on like I'm a
0: celebrity. Get me out of here with. And he was on it. Yeah, Christopher (laughs) Biggins coming. So wait, he was a guest at Joan Collins Yeah. Wedding. This guy he is gets incredible. Around. He gets around. I know. I love it. So that's the Joan Collins story. I love this. I loved hearing about her life. I, there were so many things I just did not know. I've never seen Dynasty, but I really am like pumped to watch it. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited because there was that time when I did Dynasty. I also did Dallas.
1: Yeah. And they both are really good. My mom loved both those shows. They're really like, they set the stage for that type of show. For sure. They're good. I'm sure they die out towards the end, but like the early seasons for sure are like bangers.
0: Yeah. Um, So I I want to get back to them. That's super cool. Well, Well, post a good picture post. Look, we didn't post our pictures last week. So I will make sure that there is like a whole little swipe through of fabulous Joan Collin pictures, some of her. um, We got to get the swing, the lady on the swing.
1: Yeah, picture. we'll do that.
0: We'll do the hat. We'll do the Alexis Carrington hat. Yeah. will picture see Peter home. <laughs> We're to get we'll, a picture of him. We'll do her lavender wedding suit. Yeah. I wish we could find Christopher Biggins Biggins there. Biggins coming at the also, wedding. Also, we will find some of her like sparkly outfits that she wears. Yeah, she's got a lot. For, okay. Oh, she's got a lot of looks. Thank okay, you thank Dazzy. You. Bye. Bye.